Turn to Luke 5, please. Luke 5, we're on a series we're calling God's Will to Heal. You want to get this built into your spirit. Whether you're dealing with symptoms right now or not, you want to get this built into your spirit. Because we live in a messed up world. And these bodies, well, they've been affected by the curse. They're getting older and uh, they need to be sustained. Hmm? And we're not going to be, our bodies are not going to be immortal and perfect in this life. And the Lord didn't promise us we're going to live forever down here in this state. I don't want to. I want to do my job, do my tour of duty, and get out of here. Hmm? How about you? I don't want to leave early. I don't want to leave things undone. If you live to be 125, that's nothing. It's a breath. Hmm? I've talked to people more than once 100 plus years old. I'm thinking of one right now. Looked at me and said, you know, it seems like only yesterday I was, this lady said, I was a woman, you know, 18 years old. She was 103. The older you get, the more perspective you have of how brief your time is. Now, when you're 13, you think five years is a long time, but it's not because it's a long time. It's because you're so dumb (laughs) and just hadn't found out what's happening yet. You were there, right? I was there, but you make it to 70 and 80. You don't see it that way. You know, you're doing this and that and you go, another year has passed. Seemed like we just started that year. Click, click, click. Another year has passed. Uh-huh. Yeah, because we'll all soon be out of here. Amen. But even though this body is in its mortal, corrupted state, affected by sin and by the curse and stuff that's in the earth, God has a job for us to do. Yes. And we have a right to claim his keeping power for us to be healed. To run our course, finish our race, and not be restricted and prevented from doing what we should do by an incapacitated physical body. We're firmly convinced, we're persuaded that it's God's will for all of us to be healed today. But don't take our word for it. Take the Bible for it. And we've been on that and we're going to continue on it. So we're talking about God's will to heal. Are you, have you found Luke 5 yet? Get ready to get quickened. Prepare to receive life and healing. Luke 5, well didn't he say he sent his word and healed them? Delivered them from their destructions? Is there healing power in this anointed word? Yes there is. More than enough. 
To make every one of us in here strong and whole. Everyone watching by internet. Everyone that will listen to these materials at a later time. We're coming into a wonderful era of time. We're coming into a time, I believe, where God is cranking up the power. Glory to God. Time is short. Things have to be done. Healing is God's will. In Luke 5 and 12, Luke 5 and 12, it came to pass when he, Jesus, was in a certain city. Behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. The Amplified says, he said, Lord, if you are willing, you are able to cure me and make me clean. The Living Bible says, he said, Sir, if you only will, you can clear me of every trace of my disease. If you only will. If it is your will. If it be your will. Is this a common phrase among church folks nowadays? If it be thy will, particularly concerning healing. Are there many, many, many Christians of all sorts and persuasions and denominations, and this is how they pray about healing, Lord, if it be thy will? Well, here's where a man asked this question, and Jesus answered this question. Should we pay attention to his answer? Hmm? Can we take the Bible as the answer to our questions? We should. What did Jesus reply when this man said, if you will? What did he say? Tell me again, what did Jesus say? Did he ever say, I won't? Can you find one instance where Jesus said, sorry, not God's will for you? Can you find one place where the master said, uh, it's not time? Hmm? Can you find one place where the master looked at anybody and said, just be patient, my boy, my girl. God's going to heal you in his own good time, in his own good way, but it may be a while. Why do millions of Christians believe that then? Where'd they get it? Now see, some people find fault with folks like me for preaching the way we do about this. And they think, ah, that's not right, that's not right. But all the stuff they claim they believe about this, where is their scripture for it? Where do you ever see the Lord saying, it's not my will for you to be healed. Just be patient and bear this. Or not now. Nobody ever came to Jesus to be healed and left sick. Not even one. Now there were some people he came to minister healing to that didn't receive him. Didn't believe in him and didn't receive him and they were not healed. But everybody, study your Bible carefully, don't take my word for it. Everybody that ever came to Jesus to be healed was healed. Everybody. And we are talking about a lot of people. 
There are times when the Bible said there were multitudes. Sometimes it said great multitudes. And you see that he's talking about thousands of people. And it said everyone was healed. As many as touched him. Everybody. And we say, yeah, but that's Jesus. But the key, Jesus is the manifestation of the perfect will of God for all people, for all time. When you're looking at him, you're looking at the will of God. When you're hearing him speak, you're seeing him act. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How many know if you've seen him in action, you've seen the will of God in manifestation? Because that's all he ever did. I like this translation said when he said, uh, if you're willing, you can heal me. The living said, Jesus reached out and touched the man and said, of course I will. Be healed. Glory to God. And the leprosy left him immediately or instantly. Glory to God. Wonder if you'd have met this man the next week. And said, you know, I want to talk to you about a very serious question of doctrine. Do you think it's God's will to heal today? What do you think he would have said? He could say, well, now I can help you on that. Because just last week, I talked to the master personally. And I asked him that very question. And I said, Lord, I know you could heal me if it's your will. And you know what he said? He just reached straight out and grabbed a hold of me and said, I will be healed. And here I am clean and healed. So, yeah, it is his will for us to be healed. Why don't we believe that instead of all this other stuff? Well, we begin going truth after truth and scripture after scripture that reveals that it has always been and is and will always be God's will to heal us all. We saw, number one, we're sure it's God's will for all to be healed because God's word is medicine. Number two, we're sure it's God's will for all to be healed today because a strong spirit will sustain you. We're sure it's God's will for all to be healed today, number three, because of the original creation. On which day did God create sickness and disease? He didn't. Number four, we're sure it's God's will for all to be healed today because of God's will in heaven. No sickness there, no sorrow, no crying, no dying, no pain. And in the world to come, And he said that we ought to pray that his will would be done on the earth just like it is in heaven. Number five, we're sure it's God's will for all of us to be healed today because of the origin of sickness. We saw where it came from. And it's the result of sin coming into the earth through Adam. And you can't say, I mean to say that the fruit of sin is the will of God. You're going back to saying the root of it is the will of God. There's no way sin is the will of God. And nothing that came as the result of it could be the will of God. We're sure it's God's will for all to be healed, number six, because sickness is a work of the devil. That's not our personal opinion. We saw four witnesses 
in the Bible that said so. Job 2.7 said the devil made Job sick. Psalm 41.8 called sickness a thing of the devil and called it evil. Luke 13.16 called sickness satanic bondage. Acts 10.38 called sickness satanic oppression. Hmm? Sicknesses of the devil, the Bible says. Right? You believe that? The devil did it. A thing of the devil, satanic bondage, satanic oppression, it's settled for me. Right? Sickness is not of God. It's not his will. It's not his plan. It's of the devil. I don't think he wants me having anything that's of the devil or from the devil. We're sure it's God's will for all to be healed today because of number seven, the covenant of healing. He said, I am the Lord who heals you. Nobody has a right to take the great I am and make him a I was. He still is and will always be Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. We we said we're sure it's God's will for all of us to be healed because of the eternal names of God that we just got through describing. I mean, there was a covenant established and one of his redemptive names. I mean, if he's still Jehovah who's present, Jehovah our peace, Jehovah our shepherd, Jehovah our righteousness. If he's still all these things, why would we take one of them, the Lord our healer, and say that's passed away? Doesn't make sense. He still is. Say it out loud. He still is is. the great I am, am. the Lord Lord who heals you. you. He forgives forgives all my iniquities. iniquities. He heals heals all my diseases. diseases. It is written. written. Glory to God. And on tonight, number nine. Ready to shout? We're sure it's God's will for all of us to be healed today because sickness is a curse. Sickness is part of the curse of the law. And there's some really good news over in Galatians 3. I'd like you to turn there right now. There's some really wonderful shouting, yelling, dancing news. About this. In Galatians 3. Do you suppose there's some things about this. That you haven't heard or seen before. Then you want to listen that way. Get excited again. In uh, Galatians the third chapter. The Bible said in verse 13. I'm going to read this from Young's. Translation, and we'll read you some other ones as well. Galatians 3.13, Christ did redeem us from the curse of the law, having become for us a curse. For it has been written, cursed is everyone who's hanging on a tree, that to the nations the blessing of Abraham may come in Christ Jesus, that the promise of the Spirit we may receive Through the faith. The King James says Christ has redeemed us. This says he did it. Christ did redeem us. This is not something that's ongoing. 
This is not something that he's going to do in the future. This has been done. Hmm? I mean, most Christians of any persuasion, you say, do you believe Christ has redeemed us? They'll go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You say, from what? Well, from hell. Well, that's not what this verse said. This verse is very specific. Hmm? About what Christ has redeemed us from. What has the anointed one redeemed us from? The curse of the law. Now, you don't even know what you've been redeemed from if you don't know what the curse of the law is. And uh, it's very clearly laid out in the Old Testament, in the law. You see it in Leviticus 26. You see it in Deuteronomy 28. We're going to be going there before it's over with. But the good news is, if it's bad... And it's in there. We've been redeemed from it. If it's in the curse of the law. We've been redeemed from it. Is it true? Has he done it? Listen to another translation. The Amplified says. Christ purchased our freedom. That's what redeemed means. means you've been bought back from something. Purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse of the law and its condemnation. Now that's, I like that because it agrees with many other scriptures on this subject. Condemnation and death go together. Sickness is a manifestation of death. So is poverty. Sickness and poverty are Incipient death. Let me give you a further illustration. So now sickness is not death. Yes it is. You get enough of it in your body. Your body's dead. Is the sickness making your body more alive? No. Well not poverty's not death. What if you're poor enough. You don't even have anything to eat. Can you die from that? There's no telling how many people have died. From poverty. Hmm? How many people have gotten shot in the street trying to scrummage up something because they were too poor? Hmm? How many have gotten into things they shouldn't have gotten into, got hurt, got killed, got cut off short, where if they'd have had plenty of resources, they wouldn't even have been there. Wouldn't even have been involved in that. I hate sickness. And I hate poverty. Someone said, you hate? That's what I said. You know why? God hates it. He hates. And I I use the term advisedly. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. He hates what it does to his creation. Now you love sick people. But you hate sickness. You love poor people. That don't mean you accept the poverty. You hate the poverty. You despise it. Because it's death. It's trying to kill something in their life. It's all a manifestation of death that we've already talked about that came in through the door of sin. But Jesus came. Anybody remember John 10.10? That is our 
anchor scripture for More Life Ministries, if you didn't know. John 10.10, Jesus said, I am come that you might have more, not death, life. If it's not life, it's not him. The thief comes not, except to do what? To steal, to kill, to destroy. Why don't we know that? Why are millions of Christians accusing God of doing the stealing? God stole my baby. God destroyed our house with a storm. People are saying it all over the place, aren't they? Death, I mean, preachers will stand up over pulpits and say God took this one in death. When the Bible very plainly tells you death is the enemy of God. 1 Corinthians 15. No, God is the God of life. What is his will? Life. When he manifests, what manifests? Life. If death is working in your relationship, in your finances through poverty, in your body through sickness, none of it is the will of God. When God's will is done, life is manifested. Somebody say life. Why did Jesus come? So you could have life and not just a little. So you could have it more abundantly. What if something's stealing from you? Who is it? John 10.10. Jesus said the devil. What if it's killing something in your life? Trying to destroy something in your life. Don't get confused. Jesus said it's the devil doing it. That's what we believe. Just what he said. Now this goes on to say. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by himself becoming a curse for us. The New Living Translation says, Christ has rescued us. Mm-mm. He says, I need to be rescued. No, you've been rescued. <laughs> Lord, I need you to rescue me. He already has. He already has. The 20th century New Testament says he has ransomed us. This says he's rescued us. The other one said he redeemed us. The Amplified says he purchased our freedom. Anybody know what he bought it with? How'd he buy it? You know, 1 Peter 1 says that we were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but we have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Redeemed. We've been bought with that blood. Was our body bought as well as our spirit? First Corinthians says so. You've been bought with a price. So glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Both of them have been bought. Paid for. Redeemed. Say it out loud, I'm redeemed. Now I want us to get a little more stirred up about this as we go. Because the scripture tells us to do something with this. In fact, I could quote it to you, but uh, go to Psalm. Give you something to do. <laughs> Psalm 107. 107. Have you found that? Yeah. Verse 2. What does it say? Let the redeemed of the Lord. Should you vocalize. And express it. Should you confess it and say, I've been redeemed. Everybody said out loud, I've been redeemed. redeemed. 
I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm redeemed. I've been purchased. I've been ransomed. I've been redeemed from all the curse of the law. I'm redeemed. We must believe this. And we must confess it. The redeemed of the Lord ought to. They ought to say it. I'm redeemed from it. From what? Curse of the law. Now we're talking about God's will to heal. Is there anything about sickness in the curse of the law? Yes, there is. Now go back with me to Deuteronomy 28. Let's begin to look at it. Verse by verse and piece by piece. If it's in the curse of the law, we ought to shout. Because we know we don't have to have that. Hmm? Because I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. I've been set free from the curse of the law. The Amplifier said, and it's condemnation. Hmm? The devil wants all Christians to be convinced that they deserve to be sick and broke and defeated. And the sad thing is, many of them are convinced. Many, many, many Christians, many, many so-called faith people. They believe God's perfect will is healing. They believe God's perfect will is uh, soundness and health and long life. If you were a good enough Christian. Hmm? But kind of rules them out because they've made so many mistakes. And they've sinned. And sown bad seed. And so they really... You know, they know it's the perfect will of God, but don't really expect it to happen in their life because they've missed it in so many ways, come short so many times in so many ways. And so they're living in condemnation. They're living in a sense of guilt and shame from failures and mistakes. Is this true? It's true. But... Who did the Lord redeem? All the people that had done everything right? Huh? What, did he hang on the cross? For the people who had completely obeyed him? All the time and did things his way every day? Who was the curse for? People who disobeyed. People who messed up. People who sinned. That's how the curse, he said, would come into your life. And Christ did what? Redeemed us. From what? From the curse of the law. Now I'm going to say this, and this is going to grow in you throughout the evening here. The curse has no right. In your life. Your life. This is me. You. You. Are you a believer? Do you have faith in the blood? Are you willing to obey God? Then the curse has no right in your life. 
If it's manifesting, it's doing so illegally. Spiritually illegally. And the reason it is able to do so spiritually illegally in millions of Christians' lives is because the devil has sold them that they're unworthy. They forfeited God's best for their life. And they've just made too many mistakes and too many sins and they just don't really expect it. Who did he redeem? Who did he redeem? People who blew it and messed up and sinned. The curse didn't come on you unless you had messed up under the law. If you'd done everything right, you just got the blessing. But people broke the law and messed up and messed up and messed up. So the Lord had to do something else. Because people weren't keeping the law and getting all their blessings. They're winding up cursed and winding up cursed and winding up cursed. So he set up a way whereby you didn't have to obey and cross all the T's and dot all the I's to get the blessing. He became a curse for us. Oh, come on now. He took the curse and paid it all. And rose from the dead free from it. And now all you got to do to be free from it. Is believe it and accept it. And let the redeemed of the Lord. Say it. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. From the curse of the law. The curse. Has no right. In my life. Glory to God. Now go to Deuteronomy 28 please. Deuteronomy 28. This chapter. Familiar to many of us. Describes the blessings. For keeping God's commandments. And the curses. For disobeying them. And this is precisely. What Galatians 3 is talking about. When it says the curse of the law. And it's really concentrated in this one chapter. You'll find bits and pieces of it in other places. One of the first major times was in Leviticus 26. But then it's repeated and amplified here. And in verse 1. The Lord said. It will come to pass. If. Somebody say if. If you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God. Observe do all his commandments which I command you this day. I'll set you on high. All these blessings will come on you and overtake you. You'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in the fruit of your body, fruit of the ground, fruit of your cattle, increase of your kind, flocks of your sheep. Blessed shall be your basket and your store. Actually, other translations in verse 4 say wealth. Verse 5, blessed in your basket, blessed in your store, blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. Blessing. Blessing. Verse 8, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. Get that picture now. Get the, What's your storehouse? You got a storehouse? Be like a savings account, investment, other way, some kind of storehouse. Can you picture the Lord saying, I command that to be blessed? Your storehouse. Why? Because you're believing Him and obeying Him, doing what He told you to do. 
God speaking. Same God who said, light be, speaks over your storehouses and say, blessed. Now when God commands blessing on your stuff, you're not going to stay broke. You're not going to stay down. How many believes it pays to obey God and follow him, do his will, do things his way? It pays. Paid then, pays now. Anyway, said the Lord will make you plenteous in goods. Verse 11. Goods. Like we said when we taught on uh, being redeemed from the curse a while back. They don't call them bads. Goods. Stuff. The Lord's going to open his good treasure, the heaven. He's going to give rain. He's going to bless all the work of your hand. You're going to be so blessed, you're not going to need to borrow. You're going to be able to lend. You're going to be the head, not the tail. you only be on top, never on the bottom. Only on the top. If you obey God. Verse 15. But... What if you decide you don't want to obey God? What if you decide you know better than he does about your life? You're going to do what you want to do. You don't care what he said. Well, there's another verses for you. (laughs) Said, if you will not hearken to the voice of the Lord your God to observe, do all his commandments and statutes, which I command you this day, all these curses, these what? Curses will come on you and overtake you. Now he begins verse after verse talking about things that are called curses. Now let me ask you, does God want you blessed or does he want you cursed? Are curses, you know, ever become a blessing? Do they ever, is it hard to tell which one it is? When things happen, you go, is this a blessing or a curse? Which, Which one is it? No, no, just got through reading here. All your stuff being multiplied and increased and everything you put your hand to just goes, that's blessed. Blessed. And here you begin to see the curse. He said, cursed you'll be in the city, cursed in the field, cursed in your basket and store, cursed in the fruit of your body, fruit of your land, increase of your kind, flocks of your sheep, cursed when you come in. Cursed when you go out. That sounds just like the reverse of step by step what the blessings will do for you. Why? Because when you get into rebellion, you reverse your blessing. You change the polarity of the power to increase you. And people... Make a big deal out of saying God's doing it to them. But it's not true. Hmm? Anybody ever jump started a car? Hmm? Did you ever hook the cables up wrong? Huh? Did it not go good? Sparks flew. There's been cases of serious things. Batteries blowing up. I mean, there's, you know. And do you jump back and say, that's a bad battery. It's a bad, batteries are bad. Oh, but look what that battery did. Batteries are so bad. No, batteries are not bad. You crossed it. The power is good. The power run your car, start your car. 
run your lights, help you with your all the stuff. But if you cross it up, now it works against you. Hmm? Cases where people, you know, stuck something in the wall socket and got knocked up against the other side of the room. Hmm? Well, that's bad. That's a bad outlet. Electricity is bad. Electricity is bad. No, electricity will wash your clothes and dry them and, and run your lights. Electricity is not bad. You just crossed it. God's word is good. But you don't want to cross it. God's power is good. But you don't want to be against God. You want to be with God. People who go against God are crossing the cables. Hmm? And there's going to be damaging results. And people try to blame God, but it wasn't God's fault. You could have obeyed. You could have put the cables on straight. Remember what the Lord said? Through his servant, he said, I'm sitting before you today. I'm giving you the choice, the option. On one hand, he said, a blessing. On the ha- if you'll obey. On the other hand, a curse. He said, I'm offering you life or death. Blessing, cursing. He's talking about the same covenant. Isn't he? Keep the commands. Obey God, believe God, the power is going to flow positively. The blessing will flow, increase, and help into your life. Disobey, rebel against that same commandment that would bless you. Now what happens? Curses. Curses. Now notice what it goes on to say. It says, verse 21, The Lord shall make the pestilence cleave to you. Till he have consumed you from off the land, whether you go to possess it, the Lord will smite you with a consumption, with a fever, with an inflammation, with an extreme burning. Are these disease and sickness? Are they in the curse of the law? What's the good news? If it's in the curse of the law, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Now, let me take just a moment here. People read this and they go, well, now, now it said the Lord would make it cleave to you. And the Lord would smite you with this. So the Lord does make people sick. All the scriptures have to agree. They can't disagree. They all have to agree. If you think they disagree, it's not because they disagree. It's because you don't know something. You don't understand something. Isn't it amazing how haughty? And ignorant and proud people are to set their little intellect above the Bible and go, I've studied this carefully. And there are numerous inconsistencies between these passages. They don't agree at all. And so these writers, they all three can't be right. There are so many errors and inconsistencies. What are these people, who do they think they are? They're judging God. They're judging his word and going, no. That, you're wrong, God. You didn't put it right in the Bible. You talk about presumption and haughty pride and ignorance. 
If you got any sense and you've been in the Word any length of time, there's been times when you looked at something and you thought, hmm, that don't sound like it goes with this. How could both of those be true? But if you got any sense, you go, well, Lord, I know you're right. So whether I can see it or not, you're right. Show me what I don't see. And how many have, over the process of time, sometimes years, you get light and you go, oh, no wonder. Well, of course. But you just didn't see it because of ignorance. Uh, go with me, if you would, to hold your place here. Hold your place here and go to Exodus, the 12th chapter. I think this passage in Exodus shows with some clarity what, uh, how to understand this language when it says the Lord will smite you with this. Because there are numerous phrases like this in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. You know, Paul said to uh, the man that uh, had him backhanded in the book of Acts, he said, God's going to smite you, you whitewashed wall. And uh, how are we to understand this? If God's not the killer, if he's not the thief, if he's not the destroyer, how are we to understand this? I think this gives some insight. Exodus 12. Now, if the Lord allows me to, I'd like to, when we get through with this particular part of this series, go into this side of it and just camp here for a while and cover it thoroughly because so many times people just allude to things and don't really teach on it. But uh, how many think it'd be a good idea for us to just take some time and talk about does God make people sick and look at these verses? And talk about Paul's thorn. Hmm? Job's boils. Timothy's stomach. Trophimus left at Miletum sick. How about Elisha's poultice? Or excuse me, Hezekiah. Hezekiah's poultice. Hmm? And numerous other things like that. Because again, all the word has to agree. Right? And if it is God's will for us to be healed, you shouldn't be afraid to look at any of these things. If it contradicts something you believe, then you need to change what you believe. But all the word is consistent and true and right. So uh, maybe we shall, unless the Lord says something different, because that goes right along with this. But this, you know, for now, if somebody's having a question about this, maybe this will help. Exodus, 12th chapter. And the 12th verse, Exodus 12, 12. The Lord told them, he said, I will pass, this is the Lord talking, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Who's going to do it? Who did he say is going to smite them? Well, you know what happened? They all died. Something catastrophic happened to them spiritually and physically, and they died. People died. Animals died. And he said, I'm going to smite them. But now notice this last phrase. I will execute judgment. This is important. 
I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Verse 13. The blood will be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Now again, he says, I'm going to smite the land of Egypt. But now get this, even if you believe he is the one personally doing the smiting, all you got to do is obey him, apply the blood. Stay where he told you, and you don't get smit. Turn. Even if you believe, which I don't, but even if you believe God is the one who's personally smiting and killing and making sick, all you got to do is obey him, and it doesn't happen to you. He's making a way out. But read further down, and this is very enlightening, this... uh, 23rd verse, same chapter, 23rd verse. He said, well, look at verse uh, 22. You'll take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that's in the basin, strike the lintel, the two side posts with the blood that's in the basin. None of you will go out at the door of his house until the morning. So was there a way to be protected? No matter what you thought was happening. Yes. For the Lord will pass through, this is verse 23, to smite the Egyptians. Who's going to do it? Third time. Said the Lord's going to do it. And when he sees the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in to your houses to smite you. In the same verse... It says the Lord's going to smite. But before the verse is over, he says, if you'll do what I tell you, I'll cover and protect you and not let the destroyer. Is God the destroyer? Is he talking about himself? No. Now, here's a statement that I wrote down years ago and it's helped me. And I'm not trying to teach on this in depth, but it'll help us study it out for yourself. When it says God does this, does that, smites, strikes, etc., and you see it's destruction, it is uh, killing, it's, it's sickness, it's this and that. Just like this, you see that really, who's doing it? The destroyer's doing it. Well, why did the Lord say he's doing it? What did we read up in that previous verse? Judgment. Judgment. The Lord passes judgment That allows the destroyer access. And since he passes the judgment. He says it as though he did it. He's the judge. But it's the destroyer who did it. Now people jump on that and they say well. Yeah but now okay. So the Lord allowed it to be done. Still it was his will. He's the one that did No, 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 no. Just because the Lord allowed something does not mean it's his will. Nor does it mean it pleases him. He allows and passes judgment on numerous things that don't please him at all and is not his will. But he must pass judgment that way because he is the righteous judge of all the earth. Listen to this scripture. Don't turn there, but just listen to it. Lamentations 3, 32 and 33. Lamentations 3, 
32, 33, says, though, talking about the Lord, though he cause grief, yet he will have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies, for he does not afflict willingly. Do you see that word? Nor grieve the children of men. Is God passing judgments that allows the destroyer access in situations and it is not, he's not doing it willingly? It's not his will? Now this sounds strange to people because people have been taught religious things instead of this. But suffice it to say that when you see it says God smites this and smites that, let this come back into your thinking. In the same verse, what did it say? The destroyer was the one that was actually doing it. The Lord said, if you obey me, all these good things are going to happen. If you refuse to obey me, what's going to happen? New Testament scripture. Since we're into it. 1 Corinthians. And the 11th chapter. 1 Corinthians 11. You can just listen or you can turn there. Verse 29. He said, if you don't discern the Lord's body, there's condemnation that comes. And for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Man, that's a good word. We would not be judged. But when we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. You see, in also another place where he told people, he said, they'd be turned over to the enemy, the devil, for the destruction of the flesh. Well, it didn't say they'd be turned over to God for the destruction of the flesh. But if you're not clear on it, if it seems confusing to you, or if you're convinced God does personally make people sick and kill people, even if you believe that, all you got to do is obey him. (laughs) Obey him. Judge yourself. And you're in the clear. But when you have scores and scores and scores of other scriptures telling you the devil is doing it, the devil is stealing, the devil is destroying, the devil, then you ought to know what's going on. God is passing judgment that allows the destroyer access. It is not his will. It's because people have refused to hear him and obey him. Can it be fixed? Yes, yes, yes. You can judge yourself. You can judge yourself. You can repent. You can judge yourself. You can believe and not be judged. Even after you've blown it and you've messed up and you deserve to be cursed, you can still run to God and say, I repent. I repent. I judge myself. I I was dumb. I was dumb. I was disobedient. I was rebellious. I repent. I confess my sin. And I ask you and believe I receive my forgiveness. And you can stand up from there. And no longer does the curse have a legal right in your life. No matter how you messed up. That's why it's called good news. That is the gospel. Glory to God. Go back to Deuteronomy 28. I just wanted that in your thinking. But let's go back to our previous point. Have we been redeemed from the curse of the law? Would that be a strong reason why we're convinced it's God's will for all of us to be healed today? Because we have been redeemed. What have we been redeemed from? 
numerous things, but uh, let's look at it here. Deuteronomy 28, 28, and we're going to take this verse by verse. So y'all get your slides ready back there. There's numerous translations of these. And uh, I wanted to, you know, instead of trying to read them all and repeat them all several times, I want to put them up here one at a time. Because it brings out other aspects of this. Go ahead and put up verse 21. It said that pestilence is part of this curse for disobeying God. What is pestilence? One translation says plague with diseases. One says infected with the plague. One says disease after disease and fasten with plagues on you. Are you glad that plagues and diseases are part of the curse of the law? And according to Galatians 3.13, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Therefore, it can't be God's will for this to be in our life. If he'd have wanted this to be in our life, he wouldn't have redeemed us from it. Also, it says consumption. Consumption. Three different translations say tuberculosis. And that was a major killer in this country years ago and in other parts of the world. Still a major killer. Still a problem. Many places. One says wasting disease, which tuberculosis is. One says infectious diseases. Now, that's good news. Have you been redeemed from tuberculosis? Have you been redeemed from wasting diseases? Diseases that make your body waste away? Have you been redeemed from infectious diseases? Have you now? Are you sure? Then should they be in your body? Should they be in your life? Do they have a right to be in your life if you've been redeemed from it? Now, you've got to get stirred up a little bit. You're not supposed to heal yourself. Don't feel condemned if you've got symptoms in your body. But you do need to get some grit about you to put your foot down and say, No, no, I've been redeemed from this. I don't have to have this. I refuse to lay down with this and yield to this. Because I've been redeemed from it. It has no legal right in my life. But now in order to be strong about that, you got to believe you're righteous. Righteous? I'm not righteous. Then you're not saved. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm saved, but I wouldn't say I was righteous. You can't have it both ways. The only way you'd be saved is because you've been made righteous. Not by what you have done, but by the blood of the Lamb. There's really only two major reasons why the curse would have a right to be in your life. One is you don't believe on Jesus. You don't accept what he did. For yourself. You don't believe he redeemed you. Two. You're in sin. And you won't repent. And so well maybe it's a hidden secret sin. No, 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 no. No, don't go down that road. 
sin has to do with violation of light. And if you're in sin like this, you know it, you know it, and you know you know it. And other people know you know it. If the Lord has dealt with you and you're rebelling against him and rebelling against his word, you can't get away from the condemnation. So you're not going to be bold to stand up for your rights of redemption. But even if you've blown it terribly, 1 John 1, 9. Come on now, 1 John 1, 9. If you will confess that sin, I don't care how bad, how dark, how dirty it is. I don't care if you'll confess it sincerely, genuinely from your heart and ask God to forgive you. It is written that he is what? Faithful and just. What does just mean? He's got a right to do it. Why? Because of what Jesus did. He's got a right to do it because of what Jesus did and because of your faith in what Jesus did. He is righteous and he is just to forgive you from what? All your sin and something else and something else. And to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you're cleaned from all unrighteousness, what are you? You are righteous. Everybody said out loud, I have been made righteous by the blood of the Lamb and my faith. I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You've been made that. That's not my opinion. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21. Right? And if you are righteous, you do not deserve to be cursed. It would be wrong for you to be cursed. You need to go around and just say it till you get it built into your consciousness to where it's just burned in there. I'm righteous and I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed because I'm righteous. Been made righteous and I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed because I've been made righteous. I'm redeemed. Say that loud. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I've been made righteous. I'm redeemed. The curse has no right in my life because I've been made right by the blood. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. What are you redeemed from? What specific things are mentioned in here? Diseases, infectious diseases, tuberculosis, also verse 22 says fever. Are you glad you've been redeemed from fevers? Recurrent fevers. Uh, Some translations say, go to the next one, inflammation, ague, or malarial fever. Three translations say that. Cold and infections and fevers. Is that good to know? Uh, extreme burning in the King James. Uh, three translations and the very good ones say violent, fiery heat, uh, erysipelas caused by streptococcus. You ever heard of strep throat? How about the influenza? How about the bird flu? Isn't that an influenza? Swine flu? Dog flu? 
Asian flu? If they come up with an Arkansas flu. Huh? A northern flu or a ocean flu? It makes no difference. You've been redeemed. I said you've been redeemed. And it's so important that we believe it. And the redeemed ought to. They ought to say that they're redeemed. Instead of saying, oh, I get it every year. I don't know what, why, but dear me, I get it. I get it. Well, you're saying you get it. Instead of saying you're redeemed from it. That's a big difference. Say, I'm redeemed. Teach your children to say they're redeemed. Instead of fearing, afraid they're going to catch this, afraid they're going to do No, you're redeemed. Say you're redeemed. And say it. And say it. And say it. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. We've got millions of Christians. They stand up. They sing. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. But if you say you're redeemed from what? Oh, you're redeemed from the curse of the law? They'll look at you like you're out from outer space. The what? Well, that's what the Bible says we've been redeemed from. That's what we ought to be shouting about instead of a bunch of stuff that people have made up and put in songbooks. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law and I'm reading about stuff in the curse of the law that I am so glad that I'm redeemed from. Verse 22 might surprise you. The next one said you've been redeemed from mildew. Now that does not mean you'll never have to clean up your bathroom. Because if you look at the other translations, it says jaundice, jaundice, we've seen cases of this in newborns, people attacked with cancer and other things, has to do with major things going on in the body. You've been redeemed from it. You've been redeemed from paleness and jaundice and things that would have to do with your liver and your immune system and things that would have you, your body dying, you've been redeemed from it. Now you need to believe this and you need to be, you know, we've been reading, we've been reading. God gave those people the promised land of Canaan, didn't he? And millions of them never enjoyed it. Why? Because they would not go out there and put their foot on it and say, this is ours. God gave it to us. They said, we can't take it. It's too hard. It's too big. They went and sat in their tent and cried and felt sorry for themselves and kept telling God, there's no way. And they perished out there in the wilderness while they wandered around in circles for 40 long, dry years. When God gives you something, it doesn't just fall on you. What is provided by grace must be possessed by faith. I said what is provided by grace must be what? Got to possess it. We've been reading that day after day, week after week. You got to go take it with your faith. You got to go take it. You got to jump up and put both feet on your healing and say, oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. Healing is mine. It's been bought and paid for. And by the grace of God, I will have it. I will experience it in my body. It's been bought and paid for. I will never accept this disease. I will never accept this. 
Jesus thought enough of me and you to buy it and pay for it, that we're going to stand and we're going to be strong until we see it. Don't feel bad because you got some symptoms in your body. Don't feel embarrassed about it. Don't feel like, well, there's something wrong with me. Maybe I just don't have enough faith. No, you're not supposed to make all your symptoms go away. You can't do it no matter how hard you strain. You can't heal yourself. You can't make your symptoms run away. You're not the healer. You know what you can do? Let the redeemed of the Lord... Let them say so, and you can have your mind made up. You can set your face like flint, and you can say, i tell you one thing. I will never receive this. I will never yield to this. I will never lay down to this. I will never, as long as I draw a breath, I will say, I am redeemed. I am healed. That's your job. That's it. That's your job. It's not really so hard when you think about it. You don't have to fix any organs. You don't have to kill any cancer. You don't have to do anything all you, except this. Believe. Stand on it. Don't change. Say it. Expect it. You know how to do this. You've done it before. Just keep doing it. And it makes no difference what it's called. With God, nothing's too hard. Nothing's too difficult. I said, it makes no difference what it is. Because, well, they haven't been able to find out what it is. Well, you can be healed before they find out. <laughs> and then who cares? <laughs> a proper diagnosis is not a requirement to be healed. A thorough understanding and analysis of your condition is not a requirement at all to be healed. You can be healed before you even know what was wrong with you. Hallelujah. Let's go through these. Verse 27. He said, if you don't obey, the curse will come. The botch of Egypt. That just sounds bad, don't it? You wouldn't even have to know what that is to know you don't want that. You, the botch. He said, what's wrong with them? Oh, they got the botch. Bad case of the botch. One says burning sores. One says scab and sores, boils, inflammatory disease, ulcers. Well, ulcers, boils. You can see that. Sores, ulcers, boils. And uh, this covers more ground than you might think. We think of something on the outside of your body, a sore or a boil. But so many conditions that have different names are actually uh, boils inside you or sores or abscesses inside you. Any kind of a sore, ulcer, abscess, boil is part of the curse of the law. And according to Galatians 3.13, we have been redeemed from boils and abscesses and sores. He already got through mention infection. Do we believe this or not? Did Jesus do it? Did he hang on the cross? Did he pay the price? Did he become accursed for us? Why? So we could be redeemed from 
He's specific. The curse of the law. And he did it. And we are. What else? Verse 27. Emirates. They don't sound good either. Three translations say hemorrhoids. And that's correct. But it's not just hemorrhoids. It's, for lack of a better word, I looked up some other things today. I wouldn't even go into all of it. It's just bad. (laughs) Bad hemorrhoids. (laughs) And associated with it, tumors. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven translations. And these are good ones too. Say tumors. 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 According to Deuteronomy 28, 27, tumors are part of the curse of the law. According to Galatians 3, 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Therefore, we are redeemed from tumors. Believe it. Don't think it's too good to be true. Believe it. You got people that preach what they think and what they've experienced and other people have experienced. And then you got folks that preach the Bible. Whether you understand it or not. Which one you want to be? Believe this. What else? Uh, Back up to that one again. That emeralds if you can. Swellings in the groin. Sores. And piles. Good things to be redeemed from. (laughs) Say it out loud. I'm redeemed. From hemorrhoids. hemorrhoids, Ulcers. ulcers, Tumors. tumors, Swellings in the groin. groin, Sores. Piles. Any variation of them. Next. What did it say? The scab. The scab. The next one talked about the itch. (laughs) The itch and the scab. You know it's bad. Scurvy. Isn't that in scurvy? One, two, three, four, five, six translations. That has to do with the deficiency of vitamin C and no telling how many sailors died from it in, uh, you know, centuries ago. Uh, And you see with it, Eczema and malignant scab. The Septuagint is a highly regarded Greek translation. Malignant scab, that's cancer. What would a malignant scab be? If it's surface, it's skin cancer. He didn't just limit it to surface. And festering sores. Have you been redeemed? Yes. Hmm? From all kinds of these things. You've been redeemed from tumors. You've been redeemed from malignancies. You've been redeemed from sores. Glory to God. Let the redeemed of the Lord. Let them say so. You need to speak right up. And say it. I'm redeemed. Anything tries to show up on these lists or anything like this in your body, in your children's body. Don't you sit there and cry and go, why is this happening to me? You jump up. You look it in the face and you go, no, you don't. No, you don't. I'm redeemed. 
I'm redeemed. Yeah, but you've missed it in so many ways. Yeah, and I've repented. And he's forgiven me and cleansed me from all unrighteousness. You're either cleansed or you're not. You're either forgiven or you're not. If you are, you are. You are clean, made righteous. Glory to God. Itch, put that one up. One says incurable itch. Skin eruptions, other sorts of skin disease. Now, within this would include all kinds of uh, what we call allergies, allergic reactions, rashes. Can you see this? Thirty Verse 35 goes along with this. It says uh, the sore botch. Uh, boils that can't be healed, grievous, malignant, evil, foul, scab, past all remedy, ulcers. You've been redeemed from all of this. Now, skip to the next one. Let me go through these. If we had time, we, we'd go further, but let me finish up. Go to uh, 28. Can you go back to that? Astonishment of heart. Confusion of mind. Bewilderment, distraction, crazed in the wits, fear and panic. This is, we'd call this mental, emotional. Have you been redeemed from losing it mentally and emotionally, from just being confused and bewildered and distracted and crazed in your wits from just losing it? You've been redeemed from that. I said you've been redeemed from it. You believe that? You've been redeemed from it. Can you go to the verse 65 from there? Quaking heart, shaking heart, fearful misgiving heart, anxious, unquiet mind. That's all in the same thing. Go to the next one. Uh, Failing of eyes, and that has to do with pining away in depression, crying and wasting away. The next one, sorrow of mind. Same thing. No appetite, depression, despondency, languishing spirit, heart eaten up with sorrow. The next one, verse 66. Your life will be a burden to you night and day. You'll go in fear, uncertainty. You'll live in suspense, filled with dread. I wonder how many Christians are experiencing some degree of this. And should you have it? Should any of this be in your life? Why? You have been redeemed from ever losing your mind, losing your wits. You've been redeemed from living in depression and despondency. It's all part of the curse of the law. And Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. And you got to get some sass about you and get up in the face of this stuff and go, no, I'm not yielding to this anymore. I'm not living like this. I don't have to. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. It just is terrible that Christians having panic attacks in the middle of the night over their finances, over their relationships, Over their body, panic attacks, we're not supposed to have any of these things. Jesus gave us his own peace. 
that passes understanding. We've been redeemed. We've been redeemed. Have you got this in your spirit yet? You ought to go around all day and all night saying, I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed from this. I don't have to have it. It has no right in my life. Now finally, go to that, what is it, the 59th verse. He mentioned several things by name. But how would you call everything? Well, he did. Well, y'all didn't call my, my situation. Yeah, we got it right here. Plagues, unimaginable. That means nobody's imagined them yet. When they do come up, you're already covered. You're redeemed. No matter what they find out, they go, oh, man, this is the worst thing. This plague is amazing plague. Nobody ever thought about a plague like this. You go, ah, got it covered. Got it covered. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. And this is an extraordinary affliction. Ah, I'm redeemed. Good. It's right here. I'm redeemed from that too. What's next? It said plagues of your seed. Plagues on you and your descendants. Your strokes, the strokes of your seed. You and your offspring. This is genetic stuff. This is inherited things. Oh, come on. Come on. I've seen people wrestle about this and, you know, talk and cry over generational curses for 30 years. You have already been redeemed from anything that could pass down from your mama and daddy and grandpa and grandma and from you to your kids. It's in the curse of the law. If you'll believe that, if there has been something working there, if you'll believe this, there's more power in this word than anything that's been working in your family for any amount of time. This is the Creator's word. This is the Redeemer's word. It's bigger than anything. Don't you, don't live with deficiencies. Don't live with things that constrict you and restrict you because, well, mama had it. Her mama had it and it runs in the family. Well, God has already made provision. While he was hanging on the cross, he became accursed with every genetic and inherited thing that was passed on from seed to seed, generation to generation. Say that loud. I have been redeemed from all things inherited. Genetic. Genetic. I've been redeemed redeemed. from things that are passed down down. from parent to child. Parent to child. child. It's part of the curse of the law. law. And Christ has has redeemed me me. from the curse of the law. law. Glory to God. The next one. Great plagues and sore sickness of long continuance. Severe and lingering illness, sicknesses of long duration, prolonged, persistent, severe. So when people say, well, it might not be God's will for you to be healed quickly. It may be his will for this to to go. Can't be. Can't be. Disagrees with the Bible. You've been redeemed from things that go on and on. Can you see this? 
from things that just keep coming back and keep coming back and prolonged and grievous and lingering and going on and going on and going on and bless people's hearts. There are millions in this category and they're saying, Lord, y'all pray that I'd be strong to bear this, whatever the Lord wants to do. No, you've been redeemed from it. Resist it. Stand against it. Say no. No. We don't have to have this. No, we're calling a stop to this in the name of Jesus. We've been made righteous. We've been redeemed. The curse has no place in our life. Has no legal right to work in our life. Don't let this get away from you, friend. Build it into your consciousness. Write down these verses. Read them. Don't don't let this be the last time you think about this. Especially if you're going through something right now. Get it and just eat it and dream it and think it. Get it in your spirit. Get it in your spirit. I was in a place uh, up in the northeast a while back. And there was a young woman, mother of two, and a young couple, her husband, professionals. Things were going good. They diagnosed her with terminal cancer, one of the worst kinds, one of the quickest progressing, fastest growing kind. And sure enough, man, in a matter of weeks, she's going through the treatments and she's just weak and she's skin and bone. New Christian. But started coming to this church that we were there. And they gave her a set of our tapes on healing. And she just started, what's the word, devouring them. And got serious about it. And while she was, I mean, she's so weak, sometimes she couldn't stand up, but she'd come and work in the church. She could paint. And sometimes she'd paint a little bit and then just lay down. Sometimes paint laying down and listen to those tapes and listen to those tapes and listen to those tapes and feed on the word and feed on the word. And what was it? Uh, what set of tapes was that? By his stripes were healed or? Whichever one. It was some of the same truths we're talking about. And uh, she was standing up there, healed, rosy cheeks, strong, wanted to shake my hand. She said, she was so excited. You could just tell it's just sparkling all over. She's supposed to be dead. And she's healed. Those children get to keep their mama. That husband gets to keep his wife. That church gets to get, you know that's the will of God. You know that's the will of God. Why isn't it happening more? Because people don't believe it. And they don't take it seriously. See, you hear this tonight. You think I go long. But it ain't long enough. Because it's not what happens for these two or three hours in here. What happens for the other 20 hours? Or 21 hours. And the next day. If you think about something else. All night and day. Instead of this. It's going to outweigh this. You must take this. And not just think it's Friday night. Brother Keith got excited deal. (laughs) This is my life. This is what I believe. And you got to get it in your ears and in your eyes and in your mouth night and day. Night and day. Night and day. And eliminate everything else. That's telling you different or pulling you away. And I'm telling you, we talked about this already. God's word is medicine. And you take enough of it into you long enough, it will heal you from any thing. I've seen it. I've seen it over and over and over again. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. 
But you can't just come in here and hear the message and go, yeah, that's interesting, that's good. And then go back and think about the symptoms and problems and other stuff for the rest of the day and night and the next day. It doesn't work that way. We already read his directions for taking God's medicine, didn't we? Do you remember them? What does it say? My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Does that sound like an ongoing thing? Hmm? It is. How would you know if it's working in you? Huh? It's going to quicken you. I said it's going to quicken you. You're going to get excited about it. Even if you don't see all the results yet, you're going to get excited in your spirit about it. What if you feel bad about it and you're tired of fooling with it and you're just annoyed with the whole deal? That's when you need it so much more. That's when you better make yourself do your duty. Right? Get yourself by the ear and get back in the book. Get back in the Word. Play those tapes. Play those CDs. Play those DVDs. Read your chapters and then a whole lot more. And just praise God and praise God and praise God. Refuse to talk about the problem. Refuse to talk about all the people that said this didn't work and that didn't work. You've got to be single-minded and get your eyes single. If the Lord stirred up a word like this to us, then you ought to jump on it with both feet and both hands and just run around all night to night going, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Somebody look at you, you go, redeemed. You say it so many times, you start to open your mouth, they go, yeah, I know, you're redeemed. You go, yeah, that's right, I'm redeemed. Say it again. I am redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed from tumors. I'm redeemed from cancer. I'm redeemed from genetic problems. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed from long, drawn-out stuff. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Christ has already redeemed me. He did it. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Let me see if I can finish this up. What's the other one? All the diseases of Egypt, which you were afraid of. If it's a disease you're afraid of, bingo, covered. Now, you could go back and study Egypt and study whatever problem. This is a nation with a big history. Every disease that anybody ever had in Egypt through all of its civilization that anybody was ever afraid of is part of this. You're redeemed from it. You could write books and books on it. What about any other disease in any other civilization? Or what about new stuff that people come up with? What if somebody creates a disease? Glad you asked. Because the next verse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We found yours right here. Right here. Every sickness... And every plague, and it actually says this in the scripture, that is not written in the book. God is smart. Oh, he's smart. (laughs) Every kind of sickness and disaster that's not recorded. (laughs) How many would that cover? (laughs) If it's a disease that you've never seen in the Bible, that's it. You never heard anybody talk about it in the scripture? That's it. Any kind of disease or calamity not mentioned in this book. All the sicknesses and plagues of which this book makes no mention. If it wasn't mentioned, it's covered right here. Glory to God. Every sickness, every disease, 
known, unknown, mentioned, not mentioned, is a part of the curse of the law, according to Deuteronomy 28, 61. Tell me the good news. Come on, tell me the good news. According to Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from all the curse of the law. We're sure it's God's will for all of us to be healed today because sickness and every kind of sickness is part of the curse from which Christ has redeemed us. So how could it be his will for us to have it? When he went to such great lengths and hung on the cross and became accursed to set us free from it. Couldn't be his will for us to have it yet. Stand up on your feet. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.